We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for March 24th, 2013. And today, again, just covering a variety of the breaking current events that's just occurred in the last week, which is really impossible to keep up with. And before we get into the main part of the study, just going to read some, I'm going to do like a brief study on 1 Peter uh, 1, chapter 1, not reading every single verse, but most of them. <clears throat> it starts out by saying, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. So, and then it says, grace be unto you and peace be multiplied. In other words, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. God knows the beginning from the end. He knows who we're going to... He knows who his elect are. Who are going to be saved, essentially. And then it says, through sanctification of the Spirit. Sanctification means to be made holy and set apart. The Spirit here is capitalized. Which is one of the many things where, you know, you read a King James Bible and there's going to be a lot of major... Uh, differences with those in other Bible versions. A lot of times they won't capitalize things like this where they should be capitalized. And um, <clears throat> so the Holy Spirit makes us holy and sets us apart. The Holy Spirit dwells a born-again Bible-believing Christian. Uh, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Hope and faith are in, intricately intertwined. You'll notice in this particular chapter. Uh, if you have no hope, then I don't see how you can really have faith. You know? I mean, if you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and if you believe that, you know, regarding salvation, yet you have no hope, it doesn't make any sense. So, according to his abundant mercy, he hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It's what we base death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, that his, he shed his blood to pay our price for our sins, these types of things. So, and if you're not familiar with salvation, go to contendingfortruth.com and click on the True Salvation tab near the very top, and we walk you through. Actually, you should really listen to those teachings listed in the order listed. So, going further. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. So, praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Our inheritance is incorruptible, undefiled, and it's not going to fade away. Reserved in heaven for you. Not to say you can't lose rewards. The Bible talks about that as well, though. You know, losing rewards um, in heaven. And that's a whole other subject, but... Verse 5. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. So we are kept as his elect by the power of God through faith... Unto salvation. 
you're saved by grace through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, yes, it is possible to show someone your faith by your works, and you should have works following faith. But the works are not what save you. You can't have the cart before the horse. That's the whole thing. This is what where all other religions go astray. All other isms, Catholicism, there's only two religions on the planet. True Bible-believing Christianity, and I will not even put any kind of denominational label on that because I don't see any Bible for denominations at all. And then you have all the other isms, Hinduism, Buddhism, Mormonism, Catholicism. Every one of those religions, the, the thing that's totally different about them is they're all based on what you do, on your works, is what gets you to wherever you're trying to get to. Whether it's called Nirvana, or Paradise, or Heaven, or Hell, and like a Satanist case. You know, because that's literally where they want to be. They have no idea, though, where, what they're actually asking for. They really don't. <laughs> you know, they, they have no real clue about what they're actually asking Satan for. You know, if they did, they would, I'm sure they would run from it, but... Anyway... Going further, so, who are kept by the power of God, through faith, unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So, obviously, we're in the last time. They were in the last time, they were considering this the last time, but we're really in the last time, okay, where we're at, um, in, in reference to, you know, this was written, like, near 2,000 years ago. Wherein ye greatly rejoice... Though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So this is the trial of our faith. Um, that is in reference here. And in God's sight, it's more precious than gold. And gold, when it's tried by fire or silver, it purges other things that might be bound up in it, like the dross and the silver. So heat will do that. Fire will do that. I don't mean hellfire, I mean the trial of faith. This is what burns impurities out of us as Christians. Doesn't mean that we're going to walk around in sinless perfection, but we also want to strive for perfection, and, and we don't want to use our liberty for an occasion to the flesh. You know, that type of thing. So, let's go further. Verse 8. Whom having not seen, meaning Jesus Christ, ye love. I mean, that's the whole thing about faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen, according to Hebrews 11.1. 1. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So reading the word of God, hearing the word of God, will build your faith as a born-again Bible-believing Christian. So it says, Who, whom having not seen, we've never actually, well, I haven't, <laughs> seen Jesus Christ, ye love. In whom, though now ye see him not, Yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. This is the whole thing about faith and hope. It's why faith is so intricately tied to salvation. 
Verse 9, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. See, that's the end of our faith. When it's all said and done, when this life is over, that's the end of our faith. We've, we've endured unto the end. They that endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. That's what Jesus Christ said. You know, there's four types of soil the, the word fell upon, and there was only one type out of the four types that produced fruit, that produced, I believe, salvation, saving, evidence. The, the, the fruit was evidence of salvation. 30-fold, 60-fold, and some 100-fold. The other ones, the cares of this world and other various reasons, choked out the word, and they became unfruitful. And they weren't saved. They might have endured for a time. It might have looked like they might have been. But enduring to the end is the, is the gold standard. It's the only way to do it. You can't, you can't get to the end and say, and, and say, well, I've been a born-again born Bible-living Christian, and then all of a sudden deny Jesus Christ and say, no, you know what, I'm going to take that mark of the beast. Now that I think about it, I really don't want to die. Well, then you're, you're damned to hell. You know, you've fallen short. And I'm not talking about works-based salvation. I'm talking about God knows who the elect are. He knows the beginning from the end. He always has. Okay? You can only do this, have that type of faith, if the Holy Spirit lives inside you. It's the only way you can have it. Okay, so, the, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. That's the end of our faith. Salvation. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, now, skipping ahead to verse 13, wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end, for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So we're supposed to hope till the end. The end of our faith is the salvation of our souls. Hope and faith, intricately tied together. I mean, to me, this is encouraging. I mean, think about how a Catholic must feel. They don't even have assurance. That supposedly, the popes don't even have assurance. They went to heaven. They might have to be prayed out of purgatory. I mean, they're, 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 the, they're the most wicked, vile devils at the top of this black devil death cult. I mean, don't, don't think I'm biased here. or I got any kind of axe to grind against the Catholicism. You know, they've just martyred like 70 million you know, people. Tons of them were born-again Bible-believing real Christians, and... And, you know, the pedophilic armies of pedophile priests and all the hypocrisy and works-based garbage that they have perpetuated through the eons. But even the Pope doesn't really have that assurance. He might have to have, you know, some masses again prayed out of purgatory, supposedly. They're always trying to work, trying to do what only the blood of Jesus Christ, only the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ could do, which is save your soul. Believing, having faith, hoping in that. But they, they're, they're trusting in their own works. They're trusting in their own works to get them to heaven. And it will never be enough, ever. And it's really like a slap in God's face. It's like saying, I am so righteous that I could actually earn my way into heaven and boldly go before God and proclaim my righteousness through my own works. What a... you got to be out of your mind if you just start thinking about that. With a holy, perfect God, without sin, blemish, nothing, 
We have to be covered by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, which was sinless in order to pay our sin debt. We can't do it. It's impossible. Totally impossible. And really, when you think about it, would really be if you truly tried to present your own works. All our righteousness are as filthy rags, the Bible says in Isaiah. And we are all together as an unclean thing. We all do doth fade as a leaf, like a leaf, you know, goes from green and fades and withers away. Our best day in God's eyes, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, is a filthy rag. That's something that's very important to get through your head regarding salvation. You cannot be self-righteous and get saved. You cannot go to God and say, well, sprinkle my own self-righteousness in with this whole salvation thing. It'll be even extra better. We've not only got the blood of Jesus Christ, but my own righteousness. I'm telling you, you don't want to come to God in that mindset. You need to humble yourself as a little child or you will not see the kingdom of God. You won't see it. Our righteousness are as filthy rags. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man. This seems so right. The whole works-based religion thing. Think about it. This seems so right to humanity that I would say, I mean, come on. What, what do you think the percentages of people who are really, truly, worldwide percentages of people who are really, truly born again saved? I don't think it's I don't think it's five percent. I think that's very generous, because most of the people in the Brill Cream five hundred one c three corporate lukewarm supposedly Christian religious denominations that are all works based. Most of them are, and then you've got the overt ones where you know they're not saved, like Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam. I mean, and these are ones that take up huge swaths of humanity. Narrow is the way which leadeth unto life eternal, and few there be that find it. Broad is the way which leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go thereat. Broad is the way. But there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Proverbs 14, 6 and 16, 25. This notion of Earning your way to wherever you're trying to get to, let's just call it heaven for argument's sake, is so pervasive, and the devil has used that so cunningly, because so many people want to trust in their own heart, and a lot of them are brainwashed from, unfortunately, they're brought up in these systems, and only the Lord Jesus Christ can break them free from that paradigm that they're in. But that one verse, there is a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. That is so powerful that that concept right there is going to take billions and billions and billions of people to hell. Because it seems right. I'm in some organized cult or whatever it is. Some brill cream religion. It's all works based, ultimately. And it seems right to earn my way there through my own self-righteousness. Why? Because you're trusting in your own heart. God's ways are not our ways. He who trusteth in his own heart is a fool, the Bible says. Proverbs 28, 26. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. Jeremiah 17, 9. 
Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his own arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Most of the time, that's why people, why their hearts deceive them. They're trusting in some man who's maybe, or potentially, or a woman, who, who is most likely demon-infested. I mean, if they're not pointing you to the Lord Jesus Christ, they've got huge demonic problems. They are an emissary of Satan trying to get you into hell where they're going. And they may be some silver-tongued, fork-tongued devil that sounds so smooth and just so convincing. But if, it, if what they're teaching you contradicts the word of God, run from them. Get out from under them. Why? Because while they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, the same he is brought into bondage. Right there, man, that verse, right there. This is why when I got out of the whole 501c3 corporate paradigm stuff, it was like blinders had been lifted off me. Because I really, when you go and you set yourself underneath um, a pastor, and they're not, you know, in, in the word of God, which was particularly true the last church I was at. I remember one time we were, one of the guys were talking, and we were talking about the judgment seat of Christ, where it says some will be saved, yet so is by fire. Meaning their works are going to all be burned up, but they themselves are going to be saved, yet so is by fire. It's almost like the fire of their works burning up. And he's like, where's that? I never heard that. I was like, oh my word. It wasn't too long after that I was, I was out of there. I was the Sunday adult Sunday school teacher, and I had preached a uh, teaching prior to Xmas on Xmas, exposing it as the pagan holiday of Saturnalia that it is. And I did this in the church, and he in, he, he took the most unstable, um, psychotropic drug dependent person there, him and his wife both. And have this guy do a teaching that, or approve the, the guy to do a teaching that night to rebuke me from the pulpit. <laughs> and I got up and publicly rebuked him right to his face in front of everybody and walked out of the church. And that's the last time I've, I've been as, in, as far as, I'm not saying I haven't been in a church since then, but it's, it's the last time I've been in an organized, any kind of organized 501c3 corporate setting where I would be considered a member. So, anyway, going further, let's see here. So, wherefore, gird up your loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance. It says, not fashioning yourselves together according to the former lust in your ignorance. Before we were saved, we were ignorant of the whole concept of true salvation through Jesus Christ. And as a result of that, we were, we were subject to former, these former lusts, which were kind of bound up in our ignorance. I mean, because once you're saved, then the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in you, and you're a new creature. You're born again. But, as he which called you is holy, 
So be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if you call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, now that's not how we're saved, but he does judge our works. Okay? We're even going to have our works judged at the judgment seat of Christ. Not the great white throne judgment where the unsaved will be, which will then, will then be cast into the lake of fire, but the judgment seat of Christ. Our works will be tried with fire. Whether they're gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hubble, stubble, or hay, those will be burned up. Okay, A work like that, like wood, hay, and stubble, would be burned up because... I think one of the main reasons would be because you, you did it to be maybe seen among men, you did it for the wrong reason. Who knows? That's between you and the Lord. I don't know. Whereas gold, silver, you know, are a different type. And those were done for unself-centered reasons. I could guarantee you that. So. Let's see here. Uh... Okay, and if you be called on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. Oh, now that's not something they want to talk about very much. This is fear of fear of God, not fear of man, which most people are operating under more so. Fear of God, not thinking he's the big guy in the sky and the heavenly bellhop that does whatever you want to ever want. You know, which is what the modern types of religions like to teach about him. Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. Okay, so that's very, very important as well. For as much as you know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. It's very important to understand that we are redeemed, that we are justified, that we are sanctified through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that he shed on the cross of Calvary. That's how we were redeemed. Not with silver or gold. And that's why I think whenever you present a the sal- uh, plan of salvation to somebody, it's very important to include that concept in there. A lot of tracts don't do that. And I think it's very, very important to have that in there. But with the precious blood of Christ, as a, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Remember what I said, he's the perfect lamb. The Bible refers to him as the, the perfect lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. Um, without blemish or spot. Seeing you have purified, going to verse 22, seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, capital S, Undo unfeigned love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. So that's very, very important too, to love the brethren with a pure heart. Not to say that you might not ever have a disagreement with somebody or these types of things. You know, but I don't know. That's when I haven't really had much of a trouble with because when I see somebody who's a true born again Christian, I just like instantly love them, typically. You know, I mean, I don't know. That's how I feel. You just can't help it. It's not something, I mean, I don't know. For me, that's just how I feel. 
I don't want to say that to put anybody down if they don't have that exact same feeling, but I mean, it's just, you know what I mean. Like, you get around somebody and they got, like, the joy of the Lord or whatever, and it's like, wow, you just, like, love them. It's, like, not even hard. It's like, well, this isn't hard. <laughs> so, um, then it goes on to say, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. By the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this day forever, from this generation forever. Psalm 12, verse 6 and 7. So, we're born again by the word of God. Which is where we can understand the concept of the blood of Jesus Christ. Without the word of God, we wouldn't understand, we would not be aware of the concept of the blood of Jesus Christ. Which is what redeems us and justifies us in God's sight. For all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of grass... The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. That's why it's very important to, to know what word of God you... Because not, it's not all the word of God. There's one word of God, essentially. I'm not saying you can have one word of God in multiple languages. But in like the English-speaking language, it's the King James Bible. All the other ones are from different, a, a different, whole different translation line. Essentially going all the way back to the Vaticanus and the Sinaiticus manuscripts that the Catholic Church so kindly bestowed upon us. The two high-level occultists named Westcott and Hort translated into what they call the Revised Version of 1881, which essentially spawned all the modern-day translations that we have. It was an absolute, totally corrupt translation. And this is what spawned. So, again, the word of the Lord endureth forever. It's not like God's up in heaven, he's got like 300 translations. Every time, you know, Zondervan comes out with a new translation, he adds another word up in heaven. <laughs> so, you see, I understand, it's very, very important. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. And that's, that's where that thing ends. Anyway, I just want to go over that. I read that this week, and there's just a lot of powerful truths in that one chapter that you know, apply to us, and um, I just wanted to kind of set the tone for today's teachings with some the Word of God. Because again, we get into a lot of really heavy-duty subjects here, and a lot of this, if you just key on the subject itself and get your eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ, then it becomes overwhelming, then the fear of man comes in, which is not what I'm about. I'm here to try to build up your faith. Not tear it down. But I also don't want you to be ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he get an advantage of us. 2 Corinthians 2.11 I don't want you to be destroyed for lack of knowledge, you know, according to Hosea 4.6. We're living in the most deceptive time the world has ever known. Jesus Christ said regarding this time, be not deceived. And then in Matthew 24, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect, these false prophets, these false um, preachers and workers of unrighteousness. 
That's the norm. And then we're in, we're in the very time period where God talks about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, where he says, and for this cause, God shall send them strong delusions. God's going to send the world strong delusion. That they will believe a lie. That they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. That's the very time we're living in now. So it's easier to be deceived now than any other time in all of humanity. And the delusion, the strong delusion, a lot of that is actually literally demonic. Devils, fallen angels, evil entities, literally deluding. God's letting and allowing this to happen. And it's part of his judgment because when you've got nations that, that like ours where you know, you've know you got 70 million aborted babies since Roe versus Wade and there's probably way more than that when you consider other things, other ways that babies are killed like many forms of contraception or contraception or abortifactive like the pill and the patch. They're, they're abortifactive. There's a, there's a very good chance that Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, my birth control worked great. Yeah, and you might have aborted a baby in order to, that it didn't work. But you'll not, you don't know that. But do you think that could still be bringing a gigantic curse on you, body, soul, and spirit? Abortions do. I mean, outright abortions do. This is just one where nobody knew about it. Innocent blood crying out from the land. And when you kill innocent babies, it defiles the land. When you have sodomites. Men with men, women with women, and then you've got the whole transgendered garbage crowd. All of those things, the Bible clearly states, defiles the land, and it gets to a point where God will have the land vomit, vomiteth out her inhabitants. I read those verses last week. The land will literally vomit, it, vomit out its inhabitants. That's where we're coming on a large scale. I think this is how the New World Order is going to be able to reduce populations so radically. Granted, yes, it is a plan. Why? Because Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Okay, that's his agenda. He's trying to get as many people into hell as he can. Eventually, they will go before the great white throne judgment and to be cast in the lake of fire where he will be eventually. And he wants to get misery loves company and he wants to get as many people to that fiery party as he can. It's not going to be a party, but... You know what I mean? All he has is hate and deception at this point. He's a defeated foe. He was defeated at the cross of Calvary. But he's still not going to go down without a fight. So that's, his, that's the only thing he has to cling to. Isn't that, isn't that sick? He knows he's going to the lake of fire. Him and his fallen angels. He just wants to take as many people with him. Because we're created in God's image. So to him, that's a way of getting back at God. I think that's how he's viewing this. I don't know. I can't speak for Satan, but I think that's how he's working things. Why he's doing what he's doing. So we're living in the greatest time of deception the world has ever known, and that's why we have to be on guard at this time more than any other time ever. And this is why I get into the current events to try to keep you up to date on those things, but still trying to keep you focused on the Word of God. Not on any man, not on me. Listen, I'm a man, I can fail you. Okay? But the word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, won't fail you. So I point people back to the word of God. I don't point them to a denomination. I don't point them to some corporate church. And I'm not saying all of them are corrupt to the core and they're all going, I'm not saying they're all going to hell or whatever. 
But they need to get out of that system because I'm telling you, the corporate 501c3 church in America will be assimilated, like on Star Trek where the Borg tries to assimilate other cultures and planets and races of people. Not to say I watched a lot of Star Trek, but I'm just to remember that one concept about that. That's what they were trying to do. They were trying to constantly assimilate every other planet it came into or where there was races of people into their collective, their hive mind collective. The 501c3 corporate church. No, no, that, that if you're on that bandwagon, the, the first church of Satan is also 501c3. They've got the same status you've gotten in the government's eyes. You know, tax deductible, you can probably receive subsidies from the government. They kind of leave you alone, you know, because you're part of their system. That will all be assimilated into the one world religion. And that's probably a lot sooner than we think. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into a variety of subjects today about that. So anyway, let's go further here. Um, First report. Cyprus Bank insolvency crisis quickly escalating. May set off EU Bank Ageden. Um, This is from, actually, Natural News. But he puts out some really good stuff. on. Now, he's very new age, that guy. Okay. He, Alex Jones has him on, hosts the show. I'm not giving any kind of blank endorsement to Michael Adams, but he's got some awesome articles on health. And again, it's one of those things you just go in there and you glean. This is a pretty good article I've, I read on the whole Cyprus Bank thing where it's, it ties a lot of the stuff together without me having to go into great detail about exactly what's going on. Um, for time's sake. As you may have suspected, there's far more to the Cyprus bank crisis story than meets the eye. It turns out the shutdown of the Cypriot banks has caused a large-scale financial shutdown of the Russian government, which uses Cyprus banks for most transactions. Isn't that funny? This tiny nation, Cyprus, and Russian government uses... That's crazy. There's a link there that, if you don't believe that, there's a link you can click on on the Russian government. It's from investmentwatchblog.com, where it tells how the Russians use them. On top of that, Reuters reports that the EU Central Bank has now issued an ultimatum that threatens to revoke all financial support and crash the Cypriot banks if they can't come up with 5.8 billion euros by Monday. Billion. By Monday. This is tomorrow. USA Today reports, if it does not find a way by Monday, the European Central Bank said it will cut off emergency support to the banks, letting them collapse. That would throw the country into financial chaos and ultimately cause it to leave the Eurozone with unpredictable consequences for the region. Now, again, I've said this many, many times. we talked a lot about Greece before. We're going to talk about them a little bit more. Once that first domino truly falls... That may be the start of the whole global financial collapse. And this, this has a very good shot of that actually being that first domino. I'm not saying it is. I'm saying that it could be. Until then, the banks will remain closed, meaning until Monday. And everybody knows the minute they open, every account holder will immediately transfer their money out of the banks, causing a near-instant bank run and a collapse. They don't have the money to cover all their deposits. It's the thing about banks. They are vile, evil, lying devils 
regarding the way that they transact and leverage money. They don't have the money in there to cover your what you what you might have put in there. All the account holders at once. They're just hoping nobody ever goes and has a mass bank run, which is what they're going to have Monday, and tries to get all their money out at once because then they're going to be exposed. Oh, oh, gee, we don't even have it. So this is what we're looking at here. Um, the worry across the Eurozone now is that this imminent bank collapse will trigger account holders in Greece, which we talked a lot about in recent months, to start taking their money out of their bank too. The Greek banking system is already in such sad shape that it only takes a very small percentage of account holders withdrawing their funds, perhaps 5% or so, to topple the Greek banks. That's because the banks are roughly 95% leveraged with fractional reserve accounts and complex debt instruments. Meaning they, they, they probably don't even have 5% of the actual cash on hand that they're supposed to have, that their account holders have deposited in there at any one time. Because they leverage the money. They loan out money based on, oh, well, I've got 100000 well, I'll loan out a million. Or way more than that, even. Maybe it'll be a $100 million. I don't know. They're 95% leveraged. I've, I've posted many, many videos that get into this. The one little up on the YouTube, the cartoon one, about um, how banking works, how the modern-day bank systems work. You just key in that into YouTube if you want to know more about that. You will see how unbelievably corrupt it is. And the Bible is very clear. God abhors an unjust weight and measure. I mean... You read that verse, that, that theme in Proverbs over and over and over again. God hates an unjust weight and measure. And that's just something, think about this. I mean, that's like, okay, I've got like a, uh, I'm going to, I have, um, somebody's going to buy, somebody's going to sell me their gold, okay, back in ancient times. And they put a, let's say, 10 ounces of gold down and you have a 9.5 ounce weight or something of this regard. It, it's an unjust weight where, in other words, you're, gonna, you're going to, or no, you have a 10.5 ounce weight. They have to put 10.5 ounces and you buy that, you get an extra half ounce of gold and you didn't have to do anything for it. That's an unjust weight and measure. In other words, your weights are, have been, um, that you're using to weigh against gold or silver, whatever you're buying, your weights have been altered. God hates that. What we've got today is so much more infinitely worse than that concept. I mean, not only do they leverage the money out, 95% in most of these banks, but the money's not worth anything. It's not worth the paper it's printed off. There's nothing backing it. There's no gold, silver backing this stuff. Just printed out of thin air. And then they just say, well, it's worth this. Why? Because you said so, Mr. Wicked Government? It is so much worse than what it was in Proverbs that that whole thing I could probably do, I don't know how many parts on that alone. So, But that's what we have, that's the norm. Fractional Reserve Banking, where there's nothing backing the money that they're leveraging 95%. <laughs> I mean, it's just insane. 
Once bank runs begin in Greece, they will spread across the EU. Fear will kick in everywhere and depositors will run on the banks in Spain, Italy, and even the UK. Germany is arguably in the safest position to defend against bank runs, but even its banks are unwisely leveraged beyond reasonable ratios. There's no reasonable ratio. There's, there's, There's no reasonable ratio. The Bible says the borrower is slave to the lender. Period. Black and white. Black and white. The only thing I, I, I advise people there, well, should I mortgage? No. 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 Don't get in debt. Period. I'm a black and white person. I'm sorry. Get out of it. If, if you're in a whole bunch of debt, if you're in credit card debt, if you're in this or that, do your best to try to get out of it. Just do your best. I don't know what else to tell you. Try to reverse the trend. The borrower is slave to the lender. The word mor- mor- mortgage is mort, which means death, like mortuary, mortality. Mort means death. Gage is a contract. It's a death contract. I'm still not paid out of my... I've got one thing, my school loan. And I can't, you know, from... They front-end loaded the thing so much. And I walked away from my chiropractic practice, so I, I, you know... I make the payments on it, but I can't. <laughs> I paid on that thing for so many years, and the balance never went down at all. They front end load all the interest. These are wicked, evil devils that make these loans. I don't care if it's a car. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. It's it's irrelevant. If we would have never got in debt to begin with, think about your life. If you would have never gotten debt to begin with and just earned whatever you, yeah, you might not have had to have all the nice toys and all the nice cars and the really nice house like you might have. But you're in debt. You're in sli- you're you're in debt to a wicked, evil lending institution that is based on unjust weights and measures that most likely created that money out of thin air that they lent to you. It's not like they got some big vault or whatever and they've got all this money. They're leveraging the money. But when you default, they'll come after you like a rabid dog. But they, if they default, they're given typically free passes. It's, it's evil. I'm telling you. It's evil. There's no Bible for it. I'm not saying that to step on people's toes. I'm just telling you fact. I mean, do you think Jesus Christ ever got in debt? Well, yeah, he was driving a really nice chariot. Uh, I must have missed that verse. The Bible said the Son of Man hath nowhere to even lay his head. Could he have been really rich? I'm sure. But he didn't choose that. Were the apostles? I don't think so. When when um, the one guy was asking for money to Peter, and he said, silver and gold have I not, but what I have I will give you. And he healed them. They weren't walking around like Creflo give me a dollar and say, yeah, they were walking around in big, big money or, or these, these prosperity preachers. No, they weren't. So, that's just the way it is with, with debt. The borrower is slave to the lender. Period. It is important to understand that fractional reserve banking wealth is a fictional construct that does not exist in reality. Thus, the wealth created by fractional reserve banking is nothing more than a mirage that can be destroyed literally overnight. It was never real to begin with. Okay, so, importantly, 
And here's the real point nobody's talking about. Russia may be willing to let the Cypriot banks collapse and lose a lot of money itself, knowing that the aftermath of a collapse may set off a chain reaction of bank collapses across the EU. EU authorities seem to anticipate this possibility, and they are already talking about dropping Cyprus from the EU as quickly as possible. So we'll see. I don't know. This is what they're saying. Um, as Yahoo News reports, the official also referred to the need to resolve the issue of Cyprus's two big banks, both of which are close to collapse, and mentioned possibility of Cyprus leaving the Eurozone in the event of an exit. The official said steps need to be taken to ring fence the rest of the Eurozone from the impact and to ensure there is no contagion going to Greece. Contagion is the right word. Because if the situation doesn't get resolved very, very quickly, we may be witnessing the start of the collapse in the EU. So in other words, like if you have somebody with a pandemic or whatever, and you're at the very beginning, you, you, well, as I've said before, you put them in the concentration camp. I'm not saying I would. I'm saying that's what they have planned. They, they've telegraphed that punch many, many times. You ring fence the camp where you have the original people that contracted it, so that contagion doesn't get out. They're afraid, in other words, that this virus that is affecting Cyprus, which it's affecting them all, just a matter of time, is going to get out and contaminate Greece, and then the dominoes are going to start falling. So, going further. Um... If the situation doesn't get resolved very, very quickly, we may be witnessing the start of the collapse of the EU, an outcome that would be ver very well serve the political interests of Russia for reasons we just explained. So don't expect Russia to try to resolve any of this. It may be waiting in the wings and actually hoping to set off a bank again that once begun will be impossible to stop. And I just saw this this morning on Drudge uh, that says, Fears grow as banks reveal exposure to Cyprus Euro. Crisis... Um, to the Cyprus Euro crisis. Britain's largest banks have a combined exposure to Cyprus of more than one billion pounds, raising the prospect of new losses for lenders. So this is potentially going to affect England, Russia. I mean, there's a lot of ways this could go down. Now, let's switch gears again, because we're going to be switching gears a lot to try to just... It's like, again, it's like trying to take a fire hose with all the news and trying to take a drink off a fire hose. It's what I'm trying to attempt to do every week. I don't have a show like Jones does where he can go up there for three hours or four hours of pop and get into all the stuff. You know, of course, he doesn't cover. He ends up rambling so much that he doesn't cover so much of what's going on. And I'm not advocating listening to Alex Jones. I've done many things warning about him. I'm just talking about gleaning from that standpoint. Going further, saber-rattling intensifies. North Korea warns it's coming. Nor North Korea warns war is coming. North Korea is now threatening South Korea, Japan, and, and the United States, saying that war is coming. The statement from the military leaders was said, quote, Outbreak of war in Korea is now just a matter of time. Nothing can prevent war from breaking out, end of quote. Now, I understand they've saber-rattled a lot in the past, but this is, I believe, part of the end-time Illuminati plan for the world. 
a hair-raising nuclear confrontation from North Korea. Remember that? I read that last week on the Armageddon script, the, what, kind of the blueprint for the potential way the end-time New World Order is going to be brought about. Well, that's why I look at this a little more than I might in another situation, because I've, I've known about this for so long. The Communist North is claiming that missiles will target U.S. bases in Guam and Japan. They're going to target U.S. bases. That is where some of our nuclear submarines and B-52 bombers are based. The threat came two days after U.S. bombers carried out simulated nuclear bombing raids on North Korea. Tensions spiked in the region after North Korea carried out its latest underground nuclear test last month. I'm not saying this isn't going to be totally scripted. I think that if we really bore to bear our full armament against North Korea, that would be a joke. You know, but with all the technology and things like this that we, we possess, particularly black projects that we don't even know about, you know, they're pretty much fledgling compared to, I believe, what we have at our disposal. Maybe I'm wrong, but I mean, I, I know that they've got access to a lot of nukes, but that doesn't mean that, you know, they could get them off the ground if we brought our real technology against them. But again, this is scripted. Just like the Armageddon script, the book that we quoted from, it's a script that the Illuminati is following. They're creating the wars and the rumors of wars that Jesus Christ talked about. See, that you'd be not troubled. Plagues, pestilences, earthquakes in diverse places, they've got all the technology to create that as well. All that. The earthquakes included with HARP and the weather modification programs that they've got that I've reported on many times. So all that's, you know, they've got all those types of things where they can literally create those things. Um, going further, tensions spiked in the region after North Korea carried out its latest underground nuclear test last month, and then again after the new United Nations sanctions last week. So again, I just wanted to give a brief update on that as well. Next report, retired Army Captain, this just broke today, this is all over the alternative uh, media. Uh, retired Army Captain warns DHS acquisitions, Department of Homeland Security, are a bold threat of war against the American people. Says Americans may have to prepare to defend themselves and the U.S. Constitution against the Obama administration's coup against the people. This was on Saturday. This just happened yesterday. Retired United States Army Captain Terry M. Hestelow publicly voiced grave concern over the Department of Homeland Security's absurd acquisitions. Posting a letter he sent to Senator John Cornyn, Republican of Texas, on Facebook labeling the Obama administration's recent appropriation of weapons a bold threat of war against the citizens of the United States of America. Now, I just put out something this week where it talks about different police, and I would imagine sheriff, uh, principalities or whatever, having to literally barter with each other for to get ammo. Because there are a lot of, uh, particularly the sheriffs, I think, are going to be on the outside of this, particularly with the stands they've taken, a lot of the sheriffs have taken, are going to be on the outside of the whole uh, gun confiscation, coming war against the Americans. Because they know that they're not, I mean, these are people that work in our community, they're part of the community, they're going to be a lot harder to sway. Sheriffs in particular. Police, you know, 
not as hard as the sheriffs, but they're going to be a lot harder to sway in mass. There's going to be a lot of people defecting from the police departments and the sheriff departments once this starts to go down. This war against... And the DHS, the Department of Homeland Security, again, is going to be working with a lot of the foreign troops that are already here in order to enact this confiscation in our own military. To a certain extent, the ones that will go along with it. But they're having to literally beg and barter for ammo. Ammo, it's getting worse. I keep checking going places, and there's less and less and less calibers available. It's getting to the point where the only calibers you go and you see other than maybe 12-gauge, are like these wacky, off-the-wall calibers you've never even heard of. Like, what is that? <laughs> you know, I've never even heard of that caliber. No 223. No 22s at all. I mean, you go anywhere, the only thing you're going to get if you can find 22 long rifle is maybe one box. They'll have a one box max. Even at a shooting range I was at recently, it was one box is all you could buy of their of their practice twenty two long rifle. From the from the reports I've seen, the government's buying twenty two long rifle up and just destroying it. You know, because it's it's a it's a practical caliber that has a lot of different uses. It's not really good for use in like um, like maybe a war, but you could hold somebody off with it. Not to say you couldn't, you know. They just want to try to take away all your options. They're trying to take away the ammo, totally. But the ammo, I've noticed, is just maybe 40 caliber was available. Okay, now this one brand, now it's only like one 40 caliber. And then next week you go in there, that'll be gone. Or if they have it, it's like the match, like, I, I went in um, to a, a store recently, and just to see, I'm just trying, keeping an eye on things. And they had, they had 22 long rifle. Uh, it was the most outrageous price I'd ever seen. 25 bucks for 50. And I said, I, ta- I said to the guy, I'm like, is that a misprint? And he said, no, he said, supposedly it's some, like, match-grade 22 long rifle that's, like, good, like for, like, the highest level shooting you could do with a 22. $25 for 50 22 long, I mean, normally you're not going to pay more than, like, 5 or 4 for that, or less. <laughs> I mean, it's just unreal. That's not my imagination. The reason I say that is to tell you, this is not just stuff I'm reporting on. I'm checking on it in my own community just to see. And, and I'm telling you, all the calibers, all the main calibers that people would use are, dry, are drying up. I haven't seen any 9mm at all lately. I saw some 40 caliber that was like for like the shooting range. 12 gauge is still, you can still buy that. That's about it. As far as just a main uh, caliber. You can buy, like, some of them still sell 308s and 30-06, if you can find that. But if these are these are calibers that are they're all just drying up. People are, I guarantee you, yes, people are hoarding. They know what's coming, if they can get their hands on it. But when that guy told me, um, it was at Gander Mountain, he said, um, literally, when they put the twenty two long rifle out, it's gone within minutes. <laughs> I mean, you go back... I don't know how many months ago, just before Sandy Hook, you could get all the 22 long rifle you wanted. 
probably half the price. Because, like I said, the ammo prices have doubled, supply and demand. The DHS is gearing up like never before with the most high-tech, hollow-point rounds, which are illegal to use in regular war, I've found. But they're okay to use for domestic use against their own citizens, because that's who they're gearing up against. Who, who else could it be? It's Department of Homeland Security. These aren't, Department of Homeland Security doesn't fight foreign wars. They fight, they would, they would be involved in a domestic war against its own people. This is what Obama is 100% gearing up for. He wants to annihilate us. That is what the Illuminati puppet masters have given him the green light to do. At this point, I believe they're just staging for that event. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ is bigger than Obama and his minions and the Illuminati and all of their devils and demons and evil entities that are aligned with them. That's what you have to have the faith to truly believe. Not to say there's not going to be Christians that, that don't die over this. Okay? But I'm just saying, you do need to have the faith to believe that he can deliver you. Again, because without faith, it is impossible to please God. So, um, going further. He said via Facebook, this is this retired uh, captain from the army, highly decorated. He said, Quote, it is with the gravest concern that I write to you today concerning the recent appropriation of weapons by the Department of Homeland Security that can only be understood as a bold threat of war by that agency and Obama and the Obama administration against the citizens of the United States of America. The decorated retired army captain letter begins by saying that. Referring to the DHS uh, solicitations for nearly 2 billion rounds of ammunition and recent purchases of almost 3,000 mine-resistant, ambush-protected, armored personnel carriers as a tyrannical threat against the Constitution. This is These are how they're gearing up for us. My God, still bigger. Period. I don't care if you got nukes pointed at me and every nuke on the planet. My God can still deliver me in the name of Jesus Christ. Period. Period. End of story. He's greater than all of this. I don't care how many gazillion bullets they buy, or how many gazillion missiles they buy, or how many foreign troops they've got. My God is still bigger. He created the universe. Top that. Your God, Satan, is a defeated foe. He's going to burn in the lake of fire with him with all his followers. And they know that. And it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. Just read the book of Revelation. See how it all turns out. So, anyway. Uh, almost 3,000 mine-resistant, ambush-protected armored personnel carriers as a tyrannical threat against the Constitution and a deliberate attempt to defund the Department of Defense. The retired Army captain asked Senator Corian to honor his oath to the American people and the U.S. Constitution and, quote, to demand in clear terms that the administration cannot ignore that the Department of Homeland Security immediately surrender their newly appropriated weapons of war to the Department of Defense. Now, I don't know if that would be any better because, I mean, it's, you know, like Department of Defense is all of a sudden puritanical or something. 
But, you know, I understand his point, though, he's trying to make. So that just, that just broke today. What we need in that regard is a lot more high-level people making those same kind of statements. And then you had Jim Carrey today. I saw this on Drudge. I can't even say what he said about the... He called basically all of the people that, you know... Um, I'll see if I can put this semi-tactfully if it's still up here on Drudge, because it was one of the main reports. You've got people like liberal devils devils from Hollywood, like him, and Michael Moore, you know, on the absolute total opposite side. And here, these are the main instruments that they're using to um, brainwash humanity in America through Hollywood. You know, Jim Carrey, to release song for the heartless blankety-blanks, think of the two worst cuss words you could have, Unwilling to bend for the safety of our kids. Rot, you devil. From the pit of hell. If it be possible, I pray his soul be saved. But I don't, I don't I believe people like this are, are so far gone. They're so sold out to Satan. You know, they've been turned over to a reprobate mind. There is no hope. They're a tear. They're not going to get saved. They're appointed unto this wrath. The wicked go astray from the womb. They speak lies as soon as they be born. That's what the Bible says. They're vessels of wrath, fitted, meaning prepared ahead of time for God's destruction. They're ordained to this condemnation. We'd be talking about a lot of people like that today. So that's what that's what Jim Carrey tweeted today. And now, I mean, there's just more stuff breaking on Drudge. I mean, so there, this thing going on in Syria. I mean, it's like the main thing, and we're going to be talking about that um, as well. So anyway, I, I just can't even hardly keep up with this stuff anymore. It's just almost impossible. Uh, and I think this is what we're going to be getting into next. In this next article, I'm going to go ahead and end part one here. Because, uh, yeah, let me end part one here. We're going to shift gears again. We're going to talk about um, Obama and this thing over in Syria as well. So, God bless you, and we'll see you in part two. Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West, number 202, 3rd Line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.